amount of irony associated in the story of Highway Pinball is worthy of a movie. It, you really can't script a more ironic tale of Andrew Highway, his dream to make a, the world's first ever UK pinball company, a ship that clearly sunk, followed up by him buying a ship, um, a game that was shilled for years by Hilton, who then is banned from Pinside subthreads for five days while the entire company collapses, nowhere to be found. It even came down to a point where the company knew that if Cointaker's money was not deposited, they would collapse in two weeks. So the irony that has followed this company from day one is nothing short of amazing. And here we are, and we are now seeing what probably is the most downvoted uh, post ever in the history of Pinside. It might be, we have to verify that. With currently standing at 117 downvotes, the man himself, Andrew Highway, has made a statement. And we will read that in a second. But what I'm going to do on this podcast is I want to talk to you guys about what I know. And I want to share with you for the first time everything I do know about this situation, how it went down. I also want to reveal to you what I believe is also um, a culprit in people losing money. I want to reveal to you who I think is also responsible for many of you out there um, being burned. And that culprit is Pinside. And what you don't know, and what I will reveal to you today, is the truth behind my efforts and other people's efforts to get you the truth. And we were blocked by the individuals at Pinside in getting you that information. And I, I actually have verifiable proof of, of that occurring, all right? But before we do that, let's read the statement from Andrew Highway, because it is so incredible. I couldn't even make this up myself. So, statement from Andrew Highway. I am truly sorry to hear about the turn of events announced today. In June 2017, I sold my controlling stake in Highway Pinball Limited, including its commitments and liabilities, to a group of investors who claimed to want to put significant funds into the company, achieve mass production, and deliver part paid and fully paid games to customers, as well as new machine sales. Throughout the five years that I ran the company, we developed a sold, we developed and sold games up until the time of my departure. That was never a Ponzi, this was never a Ponzi scheme as some have suggested. A mix of technical problems, supplier quality problems, and unrealistic timeframes resulted in delays that financially crippled the company. We were, we were all committed to delivering games to all paying customers. I personally apologize for the unrealistic timeframes. There have been suggestions that I stole or diverted company funds for my own ventures. These are very serious accusations and never once have I been interviewed by the police for an alleged wrongdoings. The company's accounts have never suggested any wrongdoings by me. It can be proven that the company owed me significant monies and not the other way around. I would therefore advise people to refrain from making any libelous 
or slanderous statements about me, as I will defend myself and my integrity. I very much regret that the company's owners have closed the company without honoring its commitments to all paying customers, and I wish everyone the best in pursuing their claims against the investors or via the insolvency practitioners. This situation has appalled me, and I'm extremely sorry for the anguish that it will inevitably cause. Andrew Highway. Now you can just pause for a moment. You can ram your head into a wall. You could punch a window. You can you can do all the physical visceral reactions I know you want to do as a result of this statement. And let's just deconstruct this for a minute. And I don't want to move on. And what I want to move on to is this. I sort of wanted to read this first because I want this to be the foundation of what is to follow on this podcast. And what is to follow is I have talked to many people who worked at Highway Pinball with Andrew Highway. Okay, I have gathered information just to verify what is rumor and what is fact, what is truth and what is speculation, what is hyperbole and what is history. And Andrew Highway has always been a man that has spun people, has told them things at shows or via emails or private messages. And we saw that from people, right? They responded to Andrew's statement with a lot of that. Well, Andrew, what happened when you told me you shipped me my game if I paid in full and then you never did? You know, he was very nice to your face up until the point of you paying money. And the moment you paid, you barely heard from him again. Okay. Now we're going to address some of that, but I also want to get to the reality of what it was like working for Andrew Highway, what he put people through. And I really do think that when you start to pull back the layers of this onion, it gets really rotten really quickly. And for him to say he will defend his integrity um, is, is a very interesting statement because I don't know how this man makes a claim like that knowing that there is an army of people and an army of evidence that will show that integrity was probably the furthest word we would use to describe um, Andrew Highway. Now, look, I really just think he should have gone away. You know, a business fails, things didn't work out. But the continuous, the language here of threatening people who make libelous statements, I know for a fact, we'll, I will reveal this to you now, that Andrew Highway was threatening to sue me multiple times. He even would reach out to pinsiders asking them for legal um, recommendations to pursue legal action against me and my show. And to which I always responded when I heard those claims that I would happily accept Andrew Highway slapping a lawsuit on me for things I was saying because I knew everything I was saying was backed up and I had verification of the things I was saying. But here, even to the very end, he's very unapologetic, he's very threatening, and he's very um, bold and brazen to the very end. Did we expect anything less from the wounded warrior Andrew Highway? And I love that he's, he then throws the investors under the bus. These men have lost more money than anybody. And for Andrew Highway to say that he's owed money, right? The irony of the, it's not the customers who lost all their money. He is in fact owed money. He's the victim of his own creation. Do you, do you see the, the lunacy in saying that you created something that failed, you took people's money and didn't get them their product, and then you're owed money? You know, you know, we heard this sort of same victimization from John Papaduke. And you're starting to notice a behavioral trait 
of individuals like this who have this narcissistic, um, great ego, you know, inability to understand their faults and their actions and their responsibilities and their accountabilities uh, with their own companies. We heard the same thing from John Papaduke. It was never his fault. It was always someone else's fault. The only thing Andrew's saying he is to blame for are the false timelines that he put out there, right? Sure, there was nothing else that he did that actually led to the, the, the collapse of Highway Pinball. So here's where I want, want to start with this. Here's where we want to start because I have some notes that I'm going to go through that I gathered with some conversations with people who worked at Highway Pinball. But what I want to do first is I want to also explain to you what happened with this podcast and Andrew Highway and information and Pinside. So the reality is this. I gave a mountain of information uh, to people at Pinside to moderators, to Robin himself. I gave, and I'm not going to name the moderators, but maybe I should. I gave some of the moderators um, the stuff I was given. And the stuff I was given, if, if you remember, because it was posted on RGB and, 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 and other people had it as well. It was, there, was, um, there was email correspondence between a, an ex-highway employee and different individuals and that person was verified to have worked at Highway Pinball. And in it, they painted a picture of uh, a situation that was very dire at Highway Pinball. Uh, they even provided a conversation they had between Andrew Highway. And this might have been someone else, but there was a conversation that was captured uh, between Andrew Highway and them in which it, began, it became clear the desperation and the dire straits by which Highway Pinball was in. And these conversations were taking place, I believe, roughly, you know, sometime in 2016. It was sort of towards the uh, when when full throttle had finally gone into production. Um, the situation just seemed really, really bleak, and it, it was almost like if they couldn't get full throttles out, they were going to collapse. And for some, you know, by some miracle, they were able to drag this on even into alien production. But here's what I want to tell you, and I want to go into too much of this stuff. When provided with information about this and provided with information of this nature, Pinside decided to do nothing. They decided to do nothing. I have emails from Robin in which he says, only if the information is provided, and he uses a word that's like very interesting. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna read the word he uses. Hold on, if I can pull it up for a minute. Because I, and, and the subject head of my email to him was highway situation, but he says, he says the following, um, but information, if but if information is posted in a considerate manner and from an established account and possibly backed up by proof, we will obviously allow it. Okay. Now the word considerate manner is really interesting because as as we all saw, they were yanking everything down when people were sort of questioning Andrew Highway and when people were sharing stuff that they they deemed to be insensitive or lacking in proof see that's the problem is and then at the end of robin's email back to me he writes um fingers crossed that andrew will be able to pull it through i would love for them to succeed again alien seems like an amazing game for the few games i played at tpf and this was always been robin's position is he's a cheerleader for pinball he has stars in his eyes with pinball he never wants to feel like these games aren't going to come out. And because of that, 
he's created an environment on Pinside, which is very one-sided. It's an environment that is always coddled and sort of allowed people like Hilton and the shills for these companies to stick around. You know, the only reason Highway Pinball, Skitbeat Pinball, Zidware Pinball, the only reason these companies were allowed to attract buyers was because Pinside allowed them to. Remember, majority of people who went on and went in on all these titles, they did it because they learned about these ventures through Pinside, and they were constantly, uh, you know, reinforced with positive news about these companies through Pinside and Pinside shills. And anyone who ever provided a contrarian point of view, they were run off the threads. They were downvoted, and the moderators made it really difficult for them to share the information. But I'm here to tell you today that Robin knew about stuff that they should have allowed on the site. Forceflow knew about stuff that they should have allowed on the site. And what they also did was they banned me. So because I was banned, I was not allowed to share information on the site. And you know what I did? I tried to get you guys the information, and they knew, they knew, the shill accounts that were created to share that information on Pinside, they knew it was coming from me. And you know what they did? Instead of allowing me to share that information with you, they hid behind the bullshit lie that this was coming from an anonymous uh, one-day troll that was trying to disrupt the pinball world. They knew it was me. They knew my IP. They knew exactly where it was coming from. They knew I was trying to share that information with you after I had given them that information in which they chose to, to ignore, right? And I think that to me just shows how biased and one-sided Pinside is and continues to be. And Forceflow, the moderator over there, that guy is the biggest joke in the moderation world uh, overall. I mean, he, his bias and his favoritism to people like Hilton is unbelievable. And if you want to talk about shill accounts, you know, the irony too. I love this part. This is the irony of Hilton, the ultimate shill who should be banned. He should be banned from Pinside for all of his ridiculousness. I mean, he has cost people probably hundreds of thousands of dollars. He craps on everything Stern does. He's nothing but a cancer to Pinside. And remember when they said they were going to purge the site of a few of, of the people that were, you know, hyper problems? Ask Robin this. Ask Forceflow this. Did they purge one person? Absolutely not. All right. So what's funny about Hilton is this. He always says, you know, he's a, he's, a, he's a straight shooter. Then Hilton, why do you have, why are you on Facebook as a fake name? Why are you hiding behind a, a shill account? Why are you hiding behind a, a fraudulent account on Facebook? So Hilton goes by the name of Miguel Jones. That's M-I-G-U-E-L Jones. That is his persona on Facebook. He hides behind a fake name. Um, he's in pinball classified ads if you want to find him. And even when you click on Miguel Jones, you get pictures of Hilton's dogs. So once again, how many times do we have to out this fool? And how many times do people have to ask for him to be banned, but he never will? And yet here I am, ostracized from the community that I was actually trying to help. And I just think it goes to show that Pinside is equally to blame 
for a lot of you losing money and you should be mad at them because they were shared information that could have saved you a lot of money. All right. Sorry, Robin. If you really want the truth to come out, it's going to come out. And I've asked you politely many times to let's figure this out. Let's work it out. And you continue to keep your hardline stance. So now people are going to know that you also sat on information and did nothing. So there's that. All right. Let's get to what I've learned about Andrew Highway and the conversations I've had with some people over there at Highway Pinball. Um, I want to say after hearing all this information, I came out of it, I, I felt really bad. I felt really bad for the individuals and what they've had to put up with for all these years. Uh, it seems like they were put into a no-win situation. They were taken advantage of. They were lied to. They were asked to do things that was um, even criminal at times. They knew that behavior was going on that was against the law. And even though police haven't come to his door, that does not mean that a crime was not committed. And so I think that you know people, people are going to hear some of the truth right now. And this is not libelous. This is not slanderous. I'm going to do this in a way that is um, fair and objective and sort of looking at it with a little bit of broad strokes. These are all coming from anonymous individuals who have had time at Highway Pinball. And if Andrew Highway would like to dispute or, or, or say something else or respond to any of these claims, I A, happily invite Andrew Highway onto the show to clear his name and his integrity at any time. I happily invite you, Andrew, to email me at canadapinball at gmail.com. But I also I want to give Andrew Highway some advice. I think it's time to just go away. I think people have been burned so much in pinball, not just by Highway Pinball, but by other companies, that everyone has learned their lesson. And I think, Andrew, it's time to get on that hydrofoil and sail into the sunset and leave pinball behind. You should not be on the forums. You should not be responding. But he has. Okay, so when I asked about the situation with rent and whether or not Highway Pinball ever was um, defaulted on paying their rent and why they kept moving factories. Now, if you rem remember what Andrew told us, every time he would change factories, it was always because they were ramping up for production, right? Demand was so good. We were going to get into a larger facility and that was going to allow them to manufacture more games. So we'd always do this like factory tour of the new factory. Remember, remember we always would make fun of it on this show because it was always empty. There was never anybody there. There was never any production going on. So when I asked employees about what was the rent like and why did you guys keep moving? I was told pretty much what we suspected that rent was not paid, that they had a move because they were, you know, def you know, they were defaulting on what they owed. And here's how Andrew did it. He would set up, you know, he set up different like subsidiaries of Highway Pinball. There was like Highway Pinball Limited. There was Highway Pinball Sales. I, I don't know the specific names of the different entities, but he what he would do is. He would set up a subsidiary of Highway Pinball. He would put it on the lease and then he would simply close that subsidiary down and skip town. And so that company that, so they couldn't, they couldn't go after him for the rent because he had like basically shut down the entity that was responsible on the contract to pay the lease. 
and he, he, he thought he could just, just do that and he could just get away with it and they couldn't come after him. So that is what I heard is how they went about doing this, like hopping from location to location. And I also heard from the employees that they always moved into spaces that were way too big, that they never needed that much space, that they never, um, they, 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 they were never like in the position to fill those humongous factories with people and, 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 and machinery and whatnot, that it was all just a facade. I, I kept hearing that word over and over again, that so much of what people learned or saw was always a facade to deceive people into believing that, that good things were about to happen, all right? And when I asked about if, if there was ever a point when the heat wasn't turned on, when employees were forced to work in conditions that were not ideal, that that did in fact happen um, at various points. I think it happened more in the first factory when they were getting ready to leave. But the conditions by which these employees were asked to make these pinball machines um, w w was definitely inadequate. He also, you know, I also learned that, you know, the, Andrew's personality, and Andrew would oftentimes talk about being a survivor, that he was a man that would survive no matter what it took, he would survive, that he would battle to the very end. And that this was his pinball company and he would do whatever it takes to survive. Um, I also heard that Stockholm Syndrome, when it was mentioned by Rubber Ducks on the forum, that was how a lot of them felt. That they had just been abused for so long that they just be became attached to their abuser in a way. That they just couldn't get out. That a lot of them were lured into this company with promise of, of having a career and the a career in working in the pinball industry was something that excited many people and attracted them to the flame and when they got there they quickly realized that this wasn't going to be the kind of career they wanted but they just didn't see many ways out um, there are also people out there that worked for years and were never paid never paid what they were promised. So two things too, you know, I heard, um, you know, that when I asked more about just Andrew himself, you know, I just heard that he's this massive sense of entitlement, that he can't really handle the responsibility, but he just feels entitled to things. So yeah, so yeah, there's, I think, I think you know, this sort of, you get to this entitlement, a little bit of narcissism, a little bit of ego, a little bit of like, you know, Ex expectations that everything you do will turn to gold. And we saw that a lot with, with J-pop. I think that's a sort of, we're starting to see a, a sort of similar um, personality traits of these individuals who start pinball companies with grandiose dreams, but don't do the hard work, don't understand the hard work it takes to set up a large size pinball manufacturing company. Um, when I asked about the mood between the employees, you know, over at Highway Pinball, there, it, the mood was up and down. There were good days or bad days. Um, proper project management never existed ever in the company. There were days when employees would go in and they would absolutely not know what they were supposed to be doing. Uh, Andrew would either not, not manage at all or not delegate at all or get two hands in on stuff and take too much control over everything. And so there was a lot of inconsistency in how project management was occurring there. Um, he was very controlling in terms of what of telling everyone what to do at times 
So there were times when the employees, um, they would just do what they thought they were supposed to be doing, right? There's a, it was almost like it was almost like there's a lot of guessing going on on how do you actually do this. There were even periods, long periods, where people in the company would come in and just start working on side projects because they just didn't have anything else to do. They didn't know what they were supposed to be doing. Um, there was a lot of short-term thinking. I, I kept hearing that from various people that uh, everything, every everything that they were doing wasn't really thought through. All right, and Andrew would make decisions to save money in the moment without understanding the long-term problems um, that would occur of those short-term decisions. And I kept hearing this multiple times um, when I asked about the production and the manufacture of Alien Pinball. So I heard from multiple folks that that machine, you know, it turned out to be unreliable because a lot of the decisions that were made in manufacturing Alien Pinball were made to save money. And I, I also heard that the Xenohead, the Xenohead, which all you guys are having tons of problems with, that the team over at Highway Pinball like hated the fact that they were going to put that into the game because they realized it was just engineered so poorly and they would never want to do something like that again. But they were, you know, they were forced to put that into the game because Andrew had showed it off and he, he said this is going to be inside the game. So... You know, Andrew had a re Andrew had dreams of how he wanted things to function in his pinball machines, but he didn't have the knowledge or the engineering know-how uh, to make it a reality. So he handed people things um, that just wouldn't really work. So even you know when the technical people tried to to change his minds on things, he was still adamant that it had to go in. So. I think you know that is why we are seeing all these alien pinball machines have such significant problems uh, as they are going out the door. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So there still was a belief, though, from the employees. And sorry, guys, I'm reading some of my notes. Is where there's a little bit of pauses every once in a while. There still was a belief by the employees that if they just had proper direction, the ability to work on problems and be motivated properly, um, there, that alien could have been a big success. And I think, you know, a lot of times we wonder, like, how did it drag on so long? And I think the, the feeling internally over there was, we've got a theme we know thousands of people would probably buy. If we can get the game right, we, you know, we will succeed. And I think even, you know, Andrew even believed that to the end. And I think that's what was hard for everyone there is, you know, you, you feel like you know you're in a hole. You, you know things are looking bad, but if you can just get that one hit song out, like it'll change your life. And that is, that is the story we hear all the time, right? The, the Hail Mary pass, the, the once in a lifetime moment that is actually taken advantage of can turn things around. And I think the people over there were really expecting that to happen, uh, but I just feel like they, they never were set up to succeed um, with how the company was being run. So they knew things were bad when Andrew sold it off. Um, if Andrew had not sold the company at that point, so the point at which the investors took over, I was told this, the point at which the investors took over, they knew, they had a meeting, they knew that the company was going to go under in two weeks. And that term was said out loud. And it must have been hard for people internally there not to be like, holy shit, like we can't get away from two weeks that fucking phrase has haunted the company since the beginning, all right? All right, I learned a little bit more about alien production. Um, 
that everything was figured out with the game far too long in the process. Uh, Norman gave them a first draft of Alien, uh, but the game needed massive overhaul. That basically what Norman gave them was just a sketch. It really wasn't much more than that. Um, Dennis only designed it with one game in mind. So I learned this for the first time. That Dennis Norman designed the game to be just the first Alien movie. He did not design it to have both movies. Um, so that's an interesting thing that I, I learned. I didn't know that. That by putting both movies in, it, it forced them to change the game. Um, and the game having to incorporate both was, was, a, was, a big, was a big amount of work to do that. Um, so everything was changed to some degree. Uh, Sigourney Weaver, I asked if Sigourney Weaver was available and could have uh, been put into the game. And I, I got sort of like mixed answers. I'm not sure. And I think they there was there was an opportunity maybe to get her, but I, I don't know. I, I don't have clarity on that. I don't want to say anything more on that. Um, so basically, you know, I also heard that all of this just took an enormous toll on the people who worked on Highway Pinball and no more than Andrew Highway himself. And I heard from the employees that his health just began to deteriorate so significantly that people had thought his own employees thought that if he was if he kept on going um it, it might have even killed him and that's how how bad it, it got um and at some point i heard you know this is what i heard that they just people just stopped caring they would just start doing things behind his back and not telling him um they would try and figure out solutions on their own and not wait for his direction uh, or they would just stop working for weeks and focus on side projects and really it was an unhealthy mood in the end they realized nothing was going anywhere um, and Andrew was still driving his ambition you know his desire to get other titles made and I also know there was a lot of internal discussion about the next themes for Highway Pinball which we can confirm was Queen and Playboy and when he announced Playboy, nobody, nobody who was like actually making the games wanted to make the game. Uh, there was this feeling that um, Playboy was a, a, a title that would, be, would fall on deaf ears. That was even socially irresponsible to make. As you know, this was going on with the Me Too movement was happening and you've got women's rights and not objectifying women and to, to bring Playboy out seemed really ludicrous. Also, the Playboy brand itself, it, it was ironic when Andrew Highway wanted to make Playboy, Playboy the magazine actually started taking nudity out and made it more about the articles. They themselves were were, fa were failing as a brand. And, and also, a UK company making a pinball machine based on an iconic American brand, they thought there would be issues there. So what Andrew did was he called all the employees downstairs all the employees, the interns, everybody got an equal vote. Um, would you like to make Playboy Pinball? And he actually got enough people uh, who are not on the manufacturing or design team to vote yes for making Playboy. So that is why Playboy continued to go forward. Um, so that's just, you know, I don't think, look, I think at this point in the, in the, in the, in the company, the, the future titles were looking really bleak. Um, so I asked about John Trudeau. I asked what game did John Trudeau design for you guys? Because I know that 
Um, he was working with them from the very beginning. And John Trudeau sketched a carnival-themed game for them, more of a European-style carnival like Mardi Gras. Um, so that was interesting to learn that bit of news. Um, and I and I heard that the John Trudeau design was kind of amazing. I heard that there was feeling that when Stern signed him up, they clipped his wings, that the stuff that John wanted to put into the game was really radical and far out, and that Stern hired him and reined him in too much. All right. Do, 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 do. I'm just trying to think. <sighs> so I also heard from employees that Andrew would oftentimes, when he felt the noose tightening around his neck, he would oftentimes go on rants about the people he was going to go after and sue. Um, and he would scream about this person and that person. And one of the people on that list was Canada uh, himself. He would blame us for trying to sabotage his company and take him under. You know, the irony there is like, the only reason we were saying these things is people within his own walls were sharing information. I was not making this stuff out of thin air. Um, and then I asked about the boat venture. I know there's been a lot about like, did he use company funds to pay for the boat? And there's still no like, you know, there, there has not been an investigation in this. So I, you, we cannot say and will not say that he did do that. I don't have any proof or any facts that say that. I, we are not going to give any definitive this yes or no on that. Um, I will say that the employees do feel that um, this boat venture will also go nowhere, that he will never get it off the ground and running. Um, when I asked when they saw the article what they thought about Highway Pinball being considered a successful pinball company, and there was just a, a lot of laughter. Um, they had so much experience of seeing Andrew being the center of his own universe that they just kind of shrugged it off, laughed, and went on with their day. And I think that's sort of how I want to end this tale of Andrew Highway, Highway Pinball, is that these these individuals, these hardworking men and women who sacrificed their time, their energy, years of their lives, um, trying to make Andrew Highway's pinball dream a reality, they're the real victims in all of this. They're the ultimate victims. Now, many of you are victims as well, but I really, my heart does go out for these people and I really do feel terrible that so many of them were misled, mistreated to the point where they just, they stopped caring. Like they gave up almost on life. They just really had been beaten down so much that they would, you know, they just all had to become survivors. Ironically, they all had to turn into what Andrew Highway was, a survivor. And in the world of business, the word we're going to survive um, is not a good one. You don't want to be a survivor. You want to be a success. You don't want to um, be working aimlessly. You want great project management. You want to have a vision. You want to know what needs to be done to make Highway Pinball a success. And I really feel bad for these people because remember, some of these people went into work for five years and we're putting up with these conditions for five years now it is over it is over and i think it is time for everybody to sort of move on you're not going to get your money back highway pinball is not going to stay in business
alien pinball will not be produced. I think it's hard for people to sometimes accept the ultimate reality of situations like this, that you're not gonna, you might not get your alien pinball machine. When I see people on pin side uh, saying that, hey, someone should swoop in and pick up the license and make these games, nobody wants these games to be made. You've heard it here. These games were made in a time when they were cutting corners. This wasn't a game that was made properly, reliably, and with the right amount of engineering and attention that needs to go into a pinball machine to make it something worth owning. And I think you just need to accept that. I think you need to accept people like Hilton when they convinced you anything but that, that those people are the real problem. And that Pinside, ha they, they, Pinside really has a moment of truth here. They have a moment now where they could step up and get rid of guys like Hilton, get rid of the people that have hurt that site, because don't just make this a lesson learned, but actually do something actionable to restore Pinside and restore um, the forum to what it should be. And that forum has been, they also are victims. I mean, Robin and Force Flow, they're, they're victims in ways too, because look, these are just guys who love pinball and want a pinball forum, and they, they don't want to get involved with the drama. But what they don't understand is this, is they have a responsibility to deal with these issues when they come up. And I'm going to say this, they're soft, they're weak. They don't want to deal with the drama. They don't want to talk about things that, that aren't just praising every pinball manufacturer. The only place where that is happening is, is or was happening was on this podcast. So in, in another ironic twist of fate, I think for many of you out there who listened to me and got your money out, you're welcome. And I'm glad I, I could help you. And I think people are looking at this podcast now being like, he was right all along and he was trying to help us all along. It was actually like force flow and those people trying to silence my help. All right. And I think it's time, you know, where we just sort of like, we should level set. We should reset. They should let me back on pin side after all of this, after all of this, don't you think it's time the, the, the ban on Canada from Pinside is over. Brenda is saying no. I could hear her saying no in the bedroom. Uh, but seriously, I'm not going to come back on there and be some tyrant. I mean, I think we're well past that point. I was trying to help all of you. But, you know, I do think they should get rid of the people that aided and embedded Andrew Highway, Kevin Kulik. I think if... if, if if, if Pinside just banned Hilton, do you know how much better that site would be? I mean, it would be leagues, leagues better because he would stop doing what he's doing. And, and I'll say it to his face. I'll say it to him. I see him at the show next time. Next time, we, 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 next time I see Hilton, it's not going to be as friendly as the last time because he, he, he really, man, he says some nasty things, personal things. And we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see, how, we'll see how bold he is in person, little weasel. Um, anyway... I'm not, I'm not threatening him with force. It would never come to that. But I just, I, I love, I love, I love seeing that guy at shows. Anyway, it's over. I think, Andrew, it's time for you to go away. For those employees at Highway Pinball, I hope you guys find new careers. I hope you guys who are, who, who are good at your pinball jobs, hopefully you can get 
another job in the industry if you love it. Um, but I think this chapter is ready to be closed once and for all. I'm also hearing that Dutch Pinball has got some investors. So we, there is still a future for Dutch. And the reason why there's a future for Dutch too is that Dutch doesn't, they didn't have the overhead. If Barry and Yop did one thing right, when they ran into problems and they said, we got to stop, that was it, man. There were no more bills. There were no more bills to be paid. So they're in a much better place than Highway Pinball was in terms of figuring it out. And we've been hard on them too, but not really the way we were on highway, right? I'll tell you why. Because I, was, I have never, ever been sent any information on Barry and Yop that has been anywhere near the, the kinds of information I was sent on Highway Pinball, which leads me to believe is that Barry and Yop did like the, the ARA deal like was a complete fuck up. They know that, you know, but I, I don't think those guys have been lying and misleading people the way Highway Pinball was. I don't. I think they finally came clean. I also think Barry and Yop also don't really have much news to satiate people. Uh, and I think they're stuck. All right. And it's okay. Like you can, you can run into business issues and get stuck and, and try to work it out. And it might take you far longer than you expect it. But I, I don't think, I think they learned from the one time they tried to mislead people not to do that again. And so the other thing that we're all capable of as human beings is forgiveness, right? Is people do want to give forgiveness versus hatred. I do believe that. I do believe everyone can be forgiven, including Andrew Highway, but to to receive people's forgiveness, because forgiveness is one of the most powerful abilities we have as human beings, to receive our forgiveness, you have to genuinely be sorry. And I think the hardest thing for people who are egomaniacs and narcissists is they don't understand that concept because they don't they they don't feel apologetic. They don't know how to take responsibility. And that is the pathway to forgiveness. You know, would I love for Pinside to forgive me and let me back on? Of course. I've said some terrible things to them. I'll be the first to admit it. Uh, I've let my emotions get the best of me, uh, but I think I've redeemed myself enough. But they will never forgive me. So I think it, it's, 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 it's a shame, but it is what it is. In talking about forgiveness, I think we're also forgiving Jersey Jack Pinball right now for the changes they made to Pirates of the Caribbean. I think, you know, now we're seeing new video of the game in action and look what's happening. What we said would happen is people would get over it. Yeah, they, they fumbled the way they revealed it. They should have waited and done the reveal a little bit differently. And I think they would have been fine. They learned their lesson. I've invited Eric back on the show to talk about the game. I do think that you know, we made a lot out of, you know, we made a lot out of that. We made a mountain maybe out of a molehill. I think when people see the full game, the game is going to be fine. I think Jersey Jack makes machines that are on another level. They know that. And so I'm happy that people are starting to respond positively to Pirates of the Caribbean again. And everyone who gets that game is going to be satisfied with it. They will. It's pinball, you know. I think the game is still incredible. Like what that one or two changes does not negate all the other hard work that went into that game. And it's really easy to, you know, to scream over the internet how disappointed you are. 
the reason I'm out on my CE is I just don't think the CEs are worth the money. And that's that's my that's my other thing is I I, I, I don't want to um, spend twelve thousand five hundred if I don't feel like the value is quite there. So are you guys sitting down? Because I'm gonna I'm gonna end this podcast by revealing to you a little bit about Iron Maiden. All right, Iron Maiden. Now I've I've read your feedback and I am I am a little bit surprised at the amount of people that are complaining about the art package on Iron Maiden LE um, for a few reasons. One, no one has seen it in person. I I've heard from those who have seen it that it is just unbelievable. Unbelievable. I also hear people complain that it's too colorful. Uh, newsflash, guys. Pinball machines are supposed to be really colorful and inviting, not dark and dreary. I would much rather have the colorful Iron Maiden artwork than like like the, like the a dark side art, sort of like um, Houdini or like Rob Zombie. It, it looks to me, it, if you show that to like anyone and say, does this look like an Iron Maiden? Of course it does. It looks like an Iron Maiden pinball machine. And what you also don't know is that Zombie Yeti, you know, he was working with what he was, he was working to make the game reflect the Iron Maiden comic book. I mean, is, is, is that hard for you guys to understand? Like, they had a design scheme and they did it. I almost couldn't even bear to read, uh, to read Oric Lawson commenting on Zombie Yeti's work. Oric Lawson commenting on Zombie Yeti's work would be like me critiquing Quentin Tarantino's, like, movies. And saying that I'm also a film director, it it is it is comical to me, because Oric is an art director, not an artist. He doesn't know how to draw. He's an art director. You know, Zombie Yeti has so much more talent. He should never be criticized. And I always love it too, because Oric's like, well, yeah, but I don't. You know, it's I, it's not what I would have done, or I'm not a fan. Whatever, whatever, dude. That guy too, man. Never stops to cease to amaze me. But here's the thing. Um, I hope you're sitting down. You know I was in on an Iron Maiden LE, and you know that I felt that Iron Maiden LE was an, you know, was going to be one of the best-selling games for Stern ever. And I do think it is. I think the hype around it is great. I think the hype is real. Uh, I have I, I had an LE. I, I I just I just you know I have room for one pinball machine, and I was going to keep it. I was gonna see, you know, I'm just not enough of an Iron Maiden fan. For me, theme, you know, matters a lot. Um, but I do want to flip the pinball machine. I heard it's amazing. Uh, but you know, I also knew there was an opportunity to flip a machine for more than nine thousand dollars. And I was laughing as I, as I saw like Tiki, Brennan. What are you telling me? Not to say what I sold my Iron Maiden LE for? Okay, I won't say it yet. I'll say it. I'll say it at a later date. What? She's looking at. She gave me the evil eye. I don't you know. I don't know if I'm. I usually tell you guys the truth. Look at Brenda. Brenda, you're like Pinside. You're trying to suppress the truth of what's going on in the world. All right, I'll tell you guys at a later date what I sold my Iron Maiden LE for. I don't want to upset Brenda. And then Bubba's giving me the sad face today. Bubba, you, Bubba's got the face of like a highway employee. Really long face right now. Um, anyway, guys, let's all move on from this. Let's get back to talking about the fun stuff. Iron Maiden, how great it is. Pirates of the Caribbean, how awesome it's going to be. Um, let's talk about Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle. Let's talk about all the stuff. Houdini. You know, the, the reasons why we love this hobby. We don't, you know, these dramatic, sort of serious soap opera companies. It wears me out. I know it wears you out. But I do think the truth is important. That's the other part of life is you can't move forward in life. You can't make good decisions unless you're, you're told what's really going on. And 
See, that's the difference between this podcast and it's the difference between how other people approach this hobby. I talk to a lot of other people in the pinball media and a lot of them just like, they do want to cheerlead every company and support every company regardless. And we will never do that. I mean, I'm giving information about, about companies that I will always share with you and you should consider it. And that's why I think you listen to this podcast and I appreciate it. I really do. I thank all of you. I thank all of you for listening on a weekly basis and, and, and telling me that you listen to this show uh, because you feel like I'm speaking honestly and transparently. All right. Now, I have one thing you guys need to go do today. You need to go troll the F out of Miguel Jones' Facebook account and, and make his life hell. You guys should all send him a friend request. You've been exposed, Hilton. We know your fake Facebook account. Have a good day, everybody. Come on.